Hello and welcome to Bullet Bear. My name is James Gore and this episode is for the 4th of February 2021. First episode of the year. Had a bit of a hiatus. Have been about though if you do follow on Twitter. Um, been giving a bit of commentary. But um, yeah, happy to be back. Happy to be releasing an episode for you guys. So if you are new to the show, of course, as always, don't forget to subscribe and like on YouTube. Alternatively, if you are listening, which where most of the audience is at the moment, uh, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So what are we talking about today? So today we're going to be talking a bit about um, Elon Musk's recent tweets um, and how his account might be hacked. I'm um, going to be looking at some technical analysis on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Sushi, Ave and Doge. going to be looking at um, some uh, just just how market manipulation is likely to be coming from uh, some of the bigger players in this space and, you know, how to how to kind of see signs of it and how to kind of insulate yourself from it. Um, and then we're going to be looking at Ethereum, cost of transactions on the network, and a few other things. Um, but again, don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, wherever you do. Um, so let's just jump into it. So first off, we're going to be looking at technical analysis on the BTC chart on the daily. So pretty simple stuff. Um, we're, we have essentially broken out of a downtrend. Um, you know, it's been it's, it's been an interesting couple days of chop. If we look at it since tenth um, of January, where the most recent top has been, um, basically been giving enough breathing room for the altcoins to kind of do what they do, which is pump during a bull market. But we have had some um, shakeouts. Essentially, we've had quite a few uh, sudden sell-offs. Um, but we've basically managed to find some semblance or base of support around 30,000 USD to roughly uh, 27,000. Basically, I would be concerned for BTC if it were to set a new low, um, which would be uh, a low below 27,678 USD. And that's quite a, that's quite a, quite a lot of room. Um, that's about 10K from not 10k, it's actually more than 10k, but it's 10k from uh, where the price is now. And the thing is, with Bitcoin moving forward, especially as the, as the price is likely to rise higher and higher, um, you, you kind of have to adjust. I think there's a bias that's that that we have inherently within us, which is I think it's, I think it's I can't remember what what the name is, but basically, um, the larger the number we see or we see in terms of sell-off or gain, the more of an impact it has on our psychology. So, for example, if Bitcoin's at 40k and it drops 10k, there's a lot of there's a lot of fear and concern. Um, but if but realistically speaking, probably should be more concerned if Bitcoin was dropping from 20k, uh, $10,000. So drop from 20k to 10k. As the price increases, if Bitcoin was to drop from 60k, uh, $10,000, it has less. It means less, essentially. It still means something, but it means less. So it's important to kind of be aware of where Bitcoin is in terms of the cycle, what's actually happening, any concern you should have, um, and where to, to kind of place buy orders. So if you do follow me on Twitter, you'll know that I released a bit of a... I think it's like a like quiz. Not quiz, but... Um, an option to basically ask 
people to vote uh, and say, are you buying the dip? And this is what I was posting around 30K. Um, I was buying I was buying at 30K and I, and I would have been happy to not sell at 30K um, and just wait. Um, but I was buying at 30K because one, it's around psychological level. You looked at volume profile visible range. There was seemingly some support there. It's very tricky when you reach new price territory to kind of, um, to kind of, you know, find find reasonable levels, especially if there's not much trading trading action around these levels. But around psychological levels, kind of do do help. Um, and also, if you if you did a retrace, you could see there's some confluence with volume profile visible range around 30k, and we touched 30k before um, on this candle on the 11th of January. So it was reasonable to assume that there's going to be some buying pressure in this area. We we did we did drop below, which is fine, but it's reasonable to assume that 30k roughly is where um, it makes sense to kind of place buy orders. Um, and to buy the, buy the dip, and also if you look at when MicroStrategy were, and the great thing about Bitcoin is the chain is open, so you can see see you know who's buying, not who's buying what, but how much buying action is happening on chain, um, which we'll be touching on a bit later later with Guggenheim. Um, seemingly was around 30k, so um, it, it, a lot of factors that were saying 30k kind of makes sense. I was speaking to one of my best friends. And he was saying he was waiting for 20k, and I asked him why because he doesn't follow this space at all. He wasn't even aware Bitcoin was pumping until I mentioned. I just asked him actually, did he still have his bags? And um, he said yes. He's like, wow, Bitcoin's pumping. He's someone that actually bought crypto for his parents, which I should have done more of, um, definitely. Which I kind of regret. I've tried to convince them to buy crypto, which they have, um, but I didn't. I should have bought some for them. <clears throat> it's a good way to get people introduced into uh crypto um but um but yeah he's just one of the people that kind of jumped in but i was i was, I was wondering why he you know he does he's not a technical analyst anyway he just buys bitcoin periodically ethereum periodically and i was wondering why he said 20k he says well it, it just looks like it'll get go that way and it made me think well if the average person that's not looking at the charts think Bitcoin Bitcoin is going to go to 20k. It's probably not going to go to 20k. I did have um, uh, buy orders around 18k, um, and this was pre- you know before the you know before the high when it had quite a decent run up. I think it was around 30,000, um, around 20 well 25 30,000. Um, that was a while ago, and I probably would look at putting those orders back on the exchange if I see. I'll quickly do this for you guys. Actually, I don't have the indicator up. It doesn't matter. But basically, if you look at the the weekly time frame, the 200 moving average seems to seems to be um, seems to be a good place to long for a long position. So, um, so yeah, it's 30k kind of makes sense. So we're we're in a very critical mo- crucial moment for now, right now with BTC because um, if I just denote on the chart for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, we have two zones of interest which I believe are going to break above to be honest with you but if we close below 37 38,000 uh, range um, we're likely going to be ranging between 30k and 38k for a bit longer um, we've broken out of this triangle pattern we did have a bit of a shakeout a fake out where the price pumped on the 29th of January and we had a lot of sell side action a lot of sell side action and started trading below this horizontal line, which I drew on the charts 
just to draw to make things a bit easier for you to see. Um, but ultimately, it seems like unless we start closing above 38k consistently and possibly retest, um, we're going to see some ranging, at least for the short term. Um, if we do set a new lower low, then yes, I could see 20k in play potentially. But until that happens, you know, there's a few more rungs down. For example, we have 24,000 as a rung. Um, but I think that's relatively unlikely based on what's happening with the price action. I think what's more likely is in the short term, we range a bit more and then we break above. And then when we do break above, we're going to see uh, quite considerable moves. So we're looking to break a high of 40, essentially $42,000, which we're 5k off. So um, what does it mean? Well, what it means is for the altcoins, there's still more room for them versus the BTC pairings, which is why I'm going to be looking at the BTC pairings now. So Ethereum. So if you do follow me on TradingView, you know I released a video. I was actually featured on, featured on TradingView, which is really cool didn't know that was a thing um, and it was looking at Ethereum versus Bitcoin because my 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 basic strategy is to not trade with leverage leverage is cool I like trading you know le le you know leverage is is useful but to be honest with you there's a certain anxiety I have with trading with leverage um, because I've I mean I've lost money in I lost money money early January um, on a test account um, just trying new strategies um, and I wasn't very disciplined with the leverage I was using and I think at one trade I had 100x leverage and I was in profit but at the same time it's just it's not really what you want to do really ultimately um, and I had some other trades was like 5x uh, 10x leverage um, but but at, at the very least trading spots is very simple um, it's something that pretty much anyone could do and make money from in a bull market at least. So this is why I'm sharing it with you guys. Um, and if you can trade spot, you know, consistently well, then you can you can add leverage on. So this is why, why I'm sharing it with you guys. Um, and for me, one of the most important strategies is to outperform Bitcoin with my trades. So if you're not trading leverage, well, I, I actually am still trading leverage, to be honest with you. But if you're not trading leverage, then you want to trade BTC. You want to trade um, altcoin pairs that will outperform Bitcoin because Bitcoin is likely to do well in a bull market. If you're not outperforming Bitcoin, what are you doing? You might as well just put your money in Bitcoin. So um, let's take a quick look. I, this, this chart was featured on uh, TradingView, which was very cool. Um, and it was basically a setup for Ethereum. So it's a very similar thing. We had a downward channel, not a downward channel, we had a level of resistance right here. We had a volume profile visible range kind of level that was denoted on the charts as a buy zone. Um, actually broke below that buy level, which is absolutely fine because the stop was, um, you know, quite, it wasn't actually... It was, it was based upon where the recent lows were and, it, and what would negate the trading plan, basically. So if we broke below those lows, then it's fair to say Bitcoin, uh, sorry, Ethereum is going to trade lower. So um, Ethereum is looking very good. It's, you know, broke below the buy zone, which was around uh, 28,176 Satoshis, reached as low as... If I look at the low of this candle, 24,000 Satoshis. And it's been trading upwards. So, you know, it's fair to say could, could probably have had a better entry. 
around this level, but at the time on the chart, based on what I was seeing, there was nothing else. There was nothing to suggest that this would be a better buy buying opportunity. Um, and we're, we're seeing Ethereum in an uptrend. So let's take, talk a bit about some levels to watch. So versus the, the BTC pairing, I turn on volume profile visible range again, one of my favorite tools, just very easy if you're a visual trader, which I mostly am, um, just waiting for it to load. We can see there's not really much going on in terms of uh, high, high volume nodes um, above the current price levels we're looking at. Most of the resistance we've kind of We've, we've, we've overcome, and that was at um, 33,965 Satoshis. So we're well above that right now. We're at 43,000, just over. And there's only a, there's the next node that really looks of any interest, which seems to have confluence around a key level of support, previous level of support, which is likely to be resistance moving forward, is at the 53,000 Satoshi range. So there's 10,000 more Satoshis. Right now, um, if Ethereum FBTC was to retrace a bit um, and hit the 20, uh, 0.236 Fibonacci, which is 41,000 Satoshis, um, it, there's an opportunity for a entry here. So um, if you are looking at the FBTC chart, there's an opportunity for an entry right now, which is why I'm talking about it. Um, this, this kind of range slash level has been resistance in the past, um, so it's flipped support already. So there's, a, so there's an opportunity for an entry if you are looking at Ethereum right now. Ethereum has set an, a new all-time high versus the USDT, which is fantastic. A lot of, lot of action going on there. Um, but for me, the target right now is we're looking at you know 330 percent gain potentially potentially more and looking at ethereum reaching 0.1 uh, btc roughly so looking very good for ethereum moving on to another coin one of my other bags sushi again i posted about this on trading view if you don't follow me on trading view you really should because uh, i do post there periodically some ideas um, just to give you some context with my opinions on altcoin trades right now um, I'm being very patient with my spot positions. I'm not trying to rush anything. Um, it's 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 nice because I can walk away from the, the charts. I'm not doing too much intraday other than BTC, um, which is something I can't really share with you guys, just because I'm not going to be sharing minute by minute updates on on my uh, you know positions with BTC. Um, but I'm slowly, slowly, at, uh, you know, slowly, you know, adding to uh, an account. Um, but most, most of my holdings are just in swing positions at the moment, other than stuff I have offline. Um, but Sushi is one of my bags, and I, I, th I think I saw some uh, research uh, in terms of how many positions you should have open when you're trading to kind of make the most of your trading account, and it was roughly about three to four. So um, Sushi is one of my largest positions. Um, the entry on TradingView was, oops, there's someone at the door. Okay, I'm going to have to pause the episode. One sec, I think I got delivery. One sec. And we're back. Thanks for bearing with me. Had a delivery of coffee. Um, anyway, where was I? So Sushi. Anyway, let's get to it. So Sushi um, has been doing exceptionally well, one of my largest bags. Um, we're about to <clears throat> face um, a key level of resistance, 0.6. 1.8 fib. The thing with sushi is there's not been much price action uh, previously. So if I turn on volume profile visible range, we can see there's not really too much going on uh, information for us to use in terms of uh, key levels. If we look at volume profile visible range, it's 
basically not, you know, there's barely anything going on. We could look at previous price action on these levels above, but realistically speaking, there's only four candles. Um, <laughs> four candles. Uh, there's only four candles um, of price action, and that was when it was listed on Binance originally, which, you know, those candles initially really aren't so useful. Um, so on my charts, I have um, the... 7,602 7, Satoshi mark kind of being the kind of profit target for me to to kind of close out most of the position. I'm actually not going to do that. Um, reason being is this bull market's just begin, beginning realis realistically. I'd, I'd probably say we have another 12 to 18 months left um, and Sushi's likely to continue to uptrend. So what I'd, you know, I've taken some profits along the way and popped it into either other coins that, had, that I was looking to hold, which had good entries, um, or put it back into Sushi. Um, and I'm doing this with all coins, basically just rebalancing to just add to other positions so the, so the account can grow uh, a, bit, a bit easier. Um, and I always recommend taking profits on the way up and putting it back into other coins, not new coins, unless, unless there's something that has like an amazing setup, but into positions you already have that look like uh, they're pretty good to kind of do that with. Or just take money off the table and just remove it from your account and send it into to fiat, into cuck bucks, um, and um, you know do something. You know, make the gains you you have in this virtual world actually tangible. So use it for something like whatever you're looking to do. Um, definitely worth it. But sushi, sushi's facing. You know, should be facing a, a level of resistance purely based on uh, the this Fibri trace. So. I'm not looking to to uh, close this position when it reaches 7,602 satoshis. I'll be looking to pay more attention to it in six months' time, 12 months' time. So this is a long swing that I'm just just basically um, adjust, you know, uh, managing on the fly. So taking profits here and there. But based on the chart, if I was purely going to base this on the chart, I'd probably say next couple of days you're going to see a bit bit more of a a bit more of upside and then we're going to start to see a bit of a, a consolidatory period and that would give you guys a chance for an entry if you aren't looking to make one now or if you don't have exposure to sushi uh, moving on to ave another position another a coin i, I mentioned on uh trading view um if you look at where the entry was and profit target it was a hundred percent gain in a relatively short period of time versus btc um really really fun trade because this one actually did use leverage, um, and it's been a top performer. Ava's in price discovery territory versus BTC, I believe. It's doing exceptionally well. Um, I think versus the dollar pairing, it's a similar thing. Um, DeFi coin as well, and you know it's 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 doing exceptionally well. Um, this one isn't one I'm holding for long term, just because. Um, there's only so many coins you can hold, <laughs> um, and you know it's it's doing great, which is fantastic. But I'll probably just it probably be one of the coins I just trade on the fly, um, and do more of the intraday stuff just because it's very it's a very busy coin, has a lot of lot of good action around it. Um, but right now it's looking like um, a tiny bit topish, um, but this candle hasn't closed just yet. But what I'd likely expect to see is you know if you know it's 9:45 GMT time UTC time 
um, in London right now. If we do see some sell-side action and more of a long upper wick, I'd probably say tomorrow, just because there's a lot of bullish momentum, just because it's come off a period of consolidation, we're likely to see that wick filled and more upside. Um, we won't. I, it's, it's, I can't see seeing confirmation for a trend reversal right now, just with how heated the markets are, how everything's trending upwards at the moment, how Bitcoin is has just broken out of its its uh, pattern, hasn't but but hasn't reached a new high just yet. And remember, these are B versus the BTC pairings, so you know these coins are at, on absolute fire. Hopefully, you guys are making a lot of money right now. I know um, a lot of people are. Um, and lastly, we're going to be looking at Doge. So the reason why I got a Doge chart up is this is this isn't a, a good chart. To be honest with you, um, we have a lot of uh, sell side pressure. Um, I mean, if you're just going to, I mean, okay, let me let me dig a bit deep into the four hour time frame just so you, so I can illustrate this a bit better and turn on volume profile visible range. So um, we can see most of, most of the action here on this chart. Has um, actually, I probably prefer the daily time frames. So can illustrate this a bit better. Sorry, guys. Most uh, most action on this chart um, is is quite messy, and it's because Doge is Doge is one of those coins that's been pumped um, just over and over and over again. I mean, to be fair, if you were going to purely look at the highs of the candles, um, we one could say that Doge today is broken out of its its uh, downtrend, um, which which is great and all, which is cool, but um, I, I mean, it's only like one one touch of this res resistance level, realistically speaking. It's not probably not very useful. I'm sure if we were to look at the short time frame, like I wanted to, or the fire time frame, we'd, we'd probably use a different candle. But the point is, at the 135 Satoshi mark, um, Doge hasn't been closing above, and there's a lot of sell side pressure versus the BTC pairing. Um, just because BTC is outperforming Doge is understandable. Um, but if we look at the news right now, Elon Musk on the 2nd Feb, which was two days ago, said he would be off Twitter for a while. Okay, so I don't know how long a while it is. That could be uh, a day. But he posted this from his iPhone. If we take a look at um, his next tweet. His next tweet was versus Twitter was uh, via Twitter for the web and he was posting about Starlink and then he was posting about um, Falcon 9's landing and then he started posting about Doge so he you know two hours ago posted the rocket and he started tweeting about Doge and then he posted a tweet an hour ago uh, Rafiki holding up Simba and his face is as Rafiki which has been uh, really well photoshopped in and then Doge is uh, Rafiki. And then his tweets were Dogecoin is the people's crypto an hour ago and no need to giga chad to own Doge. Um, and then he says no highs, no lows, only Doge. And he says low key, low key. I'll be honest with you guys, this doesn't sound like it's Elon Musk. Um, it sounds like his account's been hacked. Um, possibly. His, 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 his tweet 12 minutes ago is that Sandstorm is a masterpiece. So these are hardcore uh, crypto memes uh, I'd probably say not to say that he hasn't tweeted about Doge before um, but he's also removed Bitcoin from his profile which you know it is what it is um, but he did say he was taking a break from Twitter 
all these posts are from Twitter for the web versus his iPhone. So it means that someone's posting it from a desktop. Historically speaking, Elon's not actually been, hasn't really tweeted from the web. Um, flip side of this coin could be that he's just um, had these tweets on autopilot for something like uh, Hootsuite or some other social media management platform or someone has just been managing, managing his Twitter account, which I actually don't think that's something he does. So, oh, I don't even follow Elon Musk on Twitter, which is quite funny. Let me just give him a follow. Um, <laughs> um, I do on my on my personal account, but this is my bull and bear commentary account, crypto commentary account. Um, but Doge has been pumping off the back of this. So a lot of people have been aping into Doge, which I personally just wouldn't do. The, the time to kind of jump in onto Doge was, I mean, I tweeted about Doge like three months ago two months ago saying well it's all season now is it's time to kind of acquire doge and the reason being is that doge is kind of the altcoin canary in the coal mine that will you know gives a lot of confirmation for the space because when doge pumps it's because we're in all season basically uh, even even if it's a short short-lived one um and it means that we're likely to see some crazy upside so i personally think elon musk's account's been hacked I wouldn't ape into Doge. Um, there's probably some scalping opportunities to be fair with Doge, but I mean, it's interesting to see what's going on. Speaking, so it sounds a bit like some market manipulation at play because people know that Elon's, Elon can move the markets, uh, at least for Doge. This brings me up to my next point, which is this, this crypto space is not um, su subject to circuit breakers. So in traditional stock market, if, if, you know, if Doge was a stock, um, it couldn't pump like this because there'll be a circuit breaker, meaning it stopped, all trading has stopped. If Elon Musk did want to kind of pump Doge, which like legitimately pump Doge as in to m manipulate the market to make money from it, which I doubt he would because he has too much money, not too much, sorry. He has a lot of money already, has no incentive to do so. He has kind of m bigger things on his plate like Tesla, SpaceX, um, SolarCity, uh, Boring Company, all the extra shit he does. Um, why would he? Why would he just pump a altcoin? Um, that being said, we've seen people like what's his name, the guy that said he'd chop off his dick and eat it, um, John McAfee. You know, people with large audiences pumping coins because they can just buy a bunch of a coin um, and then pump it and then and then sell to people that have been driving up the price, sell the top. And, um, you know, that's something that <clears throat> we're likely to continue to see. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's a bad thing for people. Um, I think, I mean, that's tough to say, actually, because I have seen some things with the Wall Street's bets fallout where people have committed their entire net worth and bought the top. And I read something today where this chap's wife um, is you know, having a nervous breakdown, likely to divorce him because he's he bought the top on on uh, GameStop, I think around $430. And, you know, it, it's, this does have a negative impact on people's life. Um, and I can understand why there should be some, I mean, not should be, but there, it would be a good argument to say there are some protections that should be in place for, you know, to stop people from obliterating their wealth. The other flip side of the coin is, um, you know, don't, commit anything that you aren't willing to lose um if you I, I don't i just don't understand how anyone could do such a thing anyway 
uh, even if you're not, you know, a trader investor, it's just the average person. Why would you listen to people on the internet um, and commit your entire net worth to something um, when you have no understanding of markets? It's quite it's just I just don't understand. Um, I'm not saying you wouldn't like commit some of your money to, to kind of you know roll the dice, but still it's insane. But um, there's going to be more manipulation, and I'm going to move on to this Guggenheim kind of overview, which I want to kind of kind of cover briefly, and it's just how some of the bigger players are going to do everything they can to kind of get Bitcoin as cheap as possible. So Guggenheim CIO says institutional demand is not there to sustain Bitcoin above 30k. Isn't that interesting? If you remember what I was saying about uh, BTC earlier, um, and there's going to be some evidence for this from some on-chain activity as well. Um, this article was back on 28th of January. Okay. So, and, and you know, what does an article like this do? It, influ it does influence the price when uh, one of the biggest players <coughs> in traditional finance that is well respected isn't just saying that Bitcoin is garbage, is rat poison, is uh, a bubble, um, saying there's actual value to Bitcoin, but says that um, there's not demand from it from institutions above 30k. And if you guys watched uh, the Michael Saylor press conference yesterday, which I hope you did, because I did, um, he brought a chap on um, that was just talking about how how shocking the demand is from institutions for Bitcoin to buy Bitcoin. Talking about billions and billions of dollars bleed like flowing into Bitcoin is is is, is happening, and he can only process 75, 75 uh, companies a month in terms of their needs, and he has more than seventy five uh, on the list. Um, so it's insane. So they'll say one thing and do something else. So um, a few days later, we had. Um, so this is two days ago. So this is on the second. So this is only four days later. Um, we saw a massive amount of uh, Bitcoin moved off of Coinbase. 14,000 Bitcoin moved off Coinbase. So that's almost $500 million worth of, 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 uh, of Bitcoin moved off Coinbase, likely into cold storage. And then we see Guggenheim's SEC filing to invest in Bitcoin via GBTC. Proposed filing will become effective on January 31st. And then we can see um, Captain Jack Sparrow, BTC underscore Jack Sparrow on Twitter, um, Bitcoin Jack, um, looked at the 14K BTC transaction. It split over eight nicely mixed wallets with some outputs going to a bunch of other non-related wallets roughly equates 500 uh, million. He was saying, I think he's one of the first people to say that this is likely to be Guggenheim. Um, and if we look at block report, we can see, you know, another tweet was basically saying, uh, comparing the price of Bitcoin um, and what people have been saying along this timeline um, and what they've actually been doing. So November 27th, Guggenheim files to put $500 million uh, worth of GBT into a uh, in, into GBT GBTC trust. December 16th, uh, just under a month later, Guggenheim CI Scott Minred says Bitcoin should be worth about 400K. Okay, so he's saying, same guy saying Bitcoin should be worth 400K, saying 
with no demand on the 30k. Um, Mimred then says Bitcoin will plummet to 20k, and maybe this is what one what my friend saw earlier. You know, 20k is just such an interesting. Oops, click the tweet. And then uh, Guggenheim buys $500 million worth of BTC. So do not sell your bit, spot Bitcoin, okay? If you want to, if, this is all I'm going to say, like, and it was confirmed, by the way, and Guggenheim CIO basically says Bitcoin can climb to $600,000. Um, do not sell your spot BTC. Like, if, if you want to make money trading Bitcoin, that's a different thing. If you, I, see, I see, see how you should operate in this space like so you should have crypto you have offline that's for your long-term position that you're just unwilling to sell um if you believe in the proposition of this offset pro project on a long enough time frame so my time frame for bitcoin is 10 to, to 20 years before i'm even considering selling it 10 to 15 10 to 15 20 years okay on the on the way i'm going to be paying very close attention to how it performs but I've been adding to that over time. My my original entries are, are quite early. I'm very fortunate. Um, you know, I've, I've you know I sold along the way, but I didn't sell everything along the way. But I got in relatively early. Um, and then you know, was it very interesting trading these markets because just very very easy market to trade compared to forex, compared to stocks. Even though stocks only go up, it's a very it's a very good market to to make money quickly with, with crypto. Um, so that's the one pot. The other pot is the day-to-day, um, -day, you know, tr you know, trade BTC, trade F, trade, you know, Bytebit, Binance, FTX kind of kind of positions. And that's intraday trading. And then you can trade the volatility for BTC. But for me personally, I wouldn't be trading my spot BTC on there unless I'm going to be using it for collateral, which I know some of you do. Um, most of my BTC is offline and at the moment I'm trying to get non-KYC BTC because I'm, I'm trying to avoid paying taxes in the short term so that I can make more long term um, ultimately I'm happy to pay the taxes but you know this is a very, very new market and we're kind of going to be moving into a phase where BTC is going to be doing some very ridiculous things potentially um, there's no guarantees but it's potentially able to do some ridiculous things so basically being in a position where you can kind of make the most of that is key um, a lot of opportunity here but these people aren't your friends these people you know the thing with the thing with Bitcoin is that your enemy can use Bitcoin your enemy should be using your Bitcoin if it's you know useful enough um, and if there's value in it so if all I'm going to say is, if you've been selling BTC spot in this bull market, I do not understand why. Honestly, like given given enough time, what are you doing? Do not sell your spot BTC because people like this are going to be uh, releasing news, um, doing whatever they can to kind of dump the price so they can buy large amounts and buy your BTC. If you look at what was happening with GameStop, um, you know... The reason why Wall Street's bets targeted GameStop is because of these these hedge funds having a short position. But what were they doing is kind of ensure this short position. These these hedge funds, you know, dig dig up all kinds of garbage and release all kinds of negative press on these stocks to kind of dump the price and suppress the price. Expect the same. If you've been around for at least, I'm sure most of you guys have been around since last cycle. 
Um, if you haven't, hello, welcome. Um, but if you haven't been around since, you know, 2016, 2017, uh, and that run up, and just seen the amount of FUD that's coming, that's come that way, you know, um, hopefully you're a bit immune to it. So don't sell your spot BTC. Um, it's, so it's, you, it's really precious, I would say. It's, it's, it's a very unique uh, time at the moment with Bitcoin and this this amazing amazing technology okay so moving on to ethereum so ethereum fees let's talk about ethereum so i hold ethereum offline as well i have quite a large ethereum position um it's i think it's like 15 to 20 percent of my bitcoin position um and i've been holding that since i've been holding bitcoin i think i got an ethereum like sub sub five dollars um so very so very lucky very very lucky and uh, it's been something i've been adding to over time this for me is a big issue for Ethereum, and I'd probably consider selling Ethereum after this cycle, um, if it reaches its peak, and just trade it. Um, so unless unless this is, unless what I'm about to cover is kind of sorted out. So Ethereum transaction fees hit record highs as Ether, as Ether, and DeFi coins soar. So the average fee on ETH has passed 20 USD. Okay, I've seen some smart contract fees being something ridiculous, like uh, like a thousand dollars, which is insane. Um, I've seen, I mean, it's temporary. It's temporary, isn't it? So I've seen it's not like like they say at this price, but I've seen some fees for some, you know, sending, you know, for example, uh, USDT from MetaMask is one hundred fifty dollars to send any amount of USDT. That's pretty insane. Um, so. You know, Ethereum, it, the network's changing, um, and the cost of using the network should be reducing over time. And the difference between the fees increasing on the Bitcoin network back in 2017 during the Segwit2x drama, which if you guys aren't aware of, it's, yeah, I think, you know, if you're new to this space, it's worth looking up the history and how Bitcoin Cash came to be how Satoshi Vision kind of forked off of Bitcoin Cash and how the Bitcoin Cash community um, was attacking the Bitcoin network with spam transactions to basically increase the fees uh, to kind of make their point and convert people over to Bitcoin Cash. Um, very, very important to kind of look up that history if you if you didn't experience it yourself. Um, I, th I think this is very different from what's happening with Ethereum where... Um, you know, if we look at the Bitcoin network now, there's more on-chain activity in the Bitcoin network now than there was then, back when the fees were going crazy. And the fees right now are cheap. It's very, very cheap to send a transaction on the Bitcoin network. Right now for Ethereum, um, because of all the action on DeFi, on DeFi um, price for, you know, the fee, the fee transaction fees are increasing. So I'm sure this could potentially be sorted out. It's just the problem with Ethereum is um, with network upgrades, they're not, then they don't seem to be as not as effective, but as thought out as what happens on the Bitcoin network. Not because they take a shorter or, or longer time to to release. You know, when we see a new update to the Bitcoin network, it's very, very heavily scrutinized, which makes sense because a lot of people have a lot of economic incentive to make sure this network is successful. Um, and also just the belief in the network and, you know, it's, it's something that could be one of the few good technologies that is very, you know, egalitarian. 
it can benefit literally everyone um, and save you know save people quite a bit um, in terms of headache uh, dealing with traditional financial legacy financial system um, Ethereum, Ethereum updates seem to be a bit iffy, so <laughs> um, so I'm sure this this is going to be addressed at some point. But right now, DeFi space is heating up like mad. A um, lot of good activity coming out of the DeFi space. Um, it seems to be you know the seems to be the you know this this cycles ICO mania, um, and a lot of these projects have come from ICOs. But again, I'd, I'd hopefully be looking for um, reduced fees to ensure that the future of uh, DeFi, the future of, of um, you know, the Ethereum network isn't going to price out new projects and average user from actually transacting on it. Because if so, it means network activity will decrease or become very specialized, which potentially could be good because on the flip side, it could be good because maybe Ethereum finally does find its ultimate use case as, you know, the, the chain that hosts DeFi, which is possible, but, you know, the narrative around Ethereum has shifted quite a few times since its inception, which makes sense. World Computer seems to stand relatively up to time at the moment, but um, we shall see. Um, but anyway, moving on. Last two pieces of news. So PayPal. Uh, so volume traded, volume of crypto traded on PayPal's platform, uh, CEO has, says has completely exceeded his projections. So. Um, this is this is a new new financial system you know things will be shifting away from legacy financial system it's inevitable now we're seeing the next piece of news as well where visa's partnering with um black centered bank for crypto api pilots um basically you know we've seen visa and all these people drop um libra or whatever it's called now which was the facebook crypto and move over to you know enabling bitcoin and crypto payments on their network and allowing uh, their visa cards to natively enable merchants to transact bitcoin which is insane so just to give you a perspective we have bitcoin the settlement settlement layer the settlement layer I mean, the, I really suggest you watch the um, Michael Saylor MicroStrategy um, uh, conference from yesterday because it really does give a nice overview of where things are. But one thing I didn't know that I wasn't aware of, which I suspected but I didn't have a metric for, um, was that Bitcoin is 500% or 5,000% uh, faster in terms of settlement time versus any existing uh, financial technology settles every 10 minutes so that in itself is insane because as a settlement layer it's essentially better than fiat money so that's crazy so um and you know technology is going to be built on top so we're going to have paypal allowing payments on top of the bitcoin network um which you know it's not bitcoin like that you'd technically be holding because you won't be having your private keys or public keys but in terms of people using the network that's insane. Um, we're also going to have Visa allowing merchants to transact Bitcoin. You know, people were thinking it'd be via Lightning. It is going to be via Lightning. It's going to be via, you know, via all these different avenues. But 
with someone like Visa jumping in, it just makes things a lot easier. It opens up, up a lot more doors. A lot of people have access to this space without having a, to go through a very technical side of it. So um, we're, we're in a very good, there's, there's nothing really negative I can say about Bitcoin at the moment. Like all the, all the previous arguments for it have kind of died. The only thing I could possibly see is government intervention at this point and it'd be to their own detriment it wouldn't it would not make sense to do that so um you know i could see it's possible but risky speaking be stupid so anyway that's it for today's video guys don't forget to uh like comment subscribe follow do whatever they do on social media networks to grow the channel uh really helps the channel grow um i have some announcements but i'll save them for further down the line when things are a bit more solid hope you guys are doing well wishing you all the best i shall see you next time in the next video